everybody, and welcome to another episode of another film podcast. My name is Tierney. My name is Colin. My name is Matt. I just realized, do we have, do you think we need to keep introducing our names? (laughs) Well, yes, because it's going to annoy me if we stop. (laughs) And that's that's also Over 50 episodes (laughs) in, if we decide to stop, it's going to drive me crazy. (laughs) And also, yeah, every, every podcast does names, like Paul Shear and June, June Diane Rayfield and Jason Manzoukas for How Did This Get Made, or a long, long ago podcast from The Ringer, I think, uh, that was their Hollywood prospectus. Grantland. That was, it was pre, pre-Ringer, Grantland. but yeah, it was Grantland. Grantland. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Was it, and what, was it Hollywood prospectus where they were going, it's Andy Greenwald. Yeah, it was Chris and Andy's first version of their yeah. podcast, which they've been doing, I think, they've been doing for 10 years now. Like they, wow. They yeah. haven't done anything for 10 years, except maybe keep myself alive. You've been alive for ten years, so You've done I mean, that like, really good. you're at least doing one thing, right? <laughs> sort of out of my control. I mean, I feel like you are very conscious about where you are at all times. I was talking to somebody once, and they were like, um, "This was like a week or two ago," and they were like, uh, "We had saved them a table at the restaurant we were eating at, and..." Or we saved them a seat at our table, and they came in, and they were like, oh, you're making me put my back to the door? And so then they were just talking about how they don't like sitting with their back to the door, <laughs> but also, whenever they enter a place, they, like, scope out where the exits are, and I was like, I know the type. <laughs> I'm familiar with this type of person. <laughs> so I feel like you're at least, oh. like, trying to not die. <laughs> like you're what's, su- what's super crazy about that is most people, <clears throat> like, that sort of thinking started... I don't know, with any number of, like, shootings, essentially. Like, thinking Mm -hmm. other people Mm -hmm. coming in and killing them. For me, it started uh, very much internal, which is, I think I'm about to die. Do I die here in public, or do I go somewhere private and die? Like a seagull flying out to the ocean. Yeah, pretty much. And so I, I have so many memories in college of being like in like a lecture hall and knowing where the nearest exit was because I'd had four cups of coffee that day and was like, I'm about to, this is death. Death is here. Do I die sitting in this lecture seat or do I go out in the hall, curl in a ball and perish and then someone finds me later? So that's where mine started. In a ball. Yeah. yeah. Natural. You know, like you do. Very natural. Movie, Very chill. Movie theaters are similar, you know. Airplanes yeah. are really stressful because there's nowhere to go to die. Um, I mean, you just, could go die in the bathroom. Uh, yeah. You know, that's, that's always been my exit. And that's, so. I was going to say, that's all the privacy you're going to get on an airplane. So. Yeah. Just if die I was standing die in an upright airplane. in a very cramped bathroom. <laughs> yeah. Are you done in there? <laughs> If I was going to die in an airplane, I would die in first class just to fuck up their flight. Just, like, run up it's to first class idea. and then just, like, pass out in the aisle. <laughs> like, yeah, just flop down right in the middle so that they can't get food food and beverage service. That's if and they, so that they all have to see me die. If they let you pass the, like, gauze curtain of class. <laughs> I'll just plow through it and just drape myself in it so I just look like a ghost that like flops down dead in the middle of the You know what you should do is give yourself like a good nice international flight so you have like you know 15 hours to work with and then 
when you feel like death is imminent, you go up to first class and crawl into bed with someone and then just die. (laughs) (laughs) That would be amazing. They just, like, wake up a few hours later and they're like, why is somebody in this bed? Why is a dead person in this bed? (laughs) Yeah. Well, now I know. Now I I know my exit strategy. Yeah. <laughs> what are we here for? What's happening? We're watching, uh, we're talking about licorice pizza. We're talking licorice pizza. It's time. It's, uh, it's Paul Thomas Anderson put last. out a new movie. It's been four years since his last one. So it's, it's time to talk about it. Um, he is now the first four time director of the pod. <gasps> I was um, wondering what, how many times we've done his movies. Yeah. So and who else is even close? No, no one. <laughs> <laughs> I think Coron has two. There's probably a few people who have two. What else do um, we? Oh, Roma. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We did Roma and Children of Stupid Men. Stupid idiot! I picked both of those. <laughs> yes. <I was> like, <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah. So I think there's probably a couple people who are at two. The PTA was definitely in the lead with three, and now he's even further in the lead with four. So really, yeah. it's only a matter of time. I feel like a. a side goal of the 2022 pod, whatever iteration it turns into should just be like crossing the other five PTA movies off the list and just like complete yeah. the, the the whole non-fecta is non the, the right non's the yeah, right prefix sounds... for nine anyway yeah um, nano what nano is just nano. small <laughs> what, if, what if we did the influences of PTA <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> Nano is just, just small. small. <laughs> uh, I mean, right there, you're talking about Turner Classic Movies, and you know that your girl is always interested in Turner Classic Movies. We could finally watch the, the Robert Altman movie that you meant to watch. Yeah, the player. <laughs> that might be appropriate. We'll take that offline, but that's a good idea. Uh, and then we could watch Rebecca, like... uh, the Hitchcock exactly. movie. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's fun. Sorry, All right. Break, breaking an asshole right now. Get breaking news on the pod. Sorry. You're good. Uh, that that's probably an idea that we should run back at some point. But anyway, so uh, to just tee up this one a little bit. Um, obviously, we were all very ex- not to tyranny up this one. Just no. I was going to say like we were a, all going to see it in person or together. Yeah, so the plan, the original plan was that so obviously like this is something that we've all been looking forward to basically since phantom thread ended we're like all right give us the (laughs) next one (laughs) um yeah and then when it turns out like it was going to be released over christmas and matt could have seen it in la like a month early but he didn't Mm -hmm. i could have here there were a couple yeah like there it was like open open like matt could have gone any night of the week there were like two or three screenings, like, one-off screenings that they were doing at the Music Box. But we all somewhat intentionally decided to wait until we could all see it together when we all, when you two visited me in Denver. But then Matt got COVID, and then I got COVID. (laughs) So we had to cancel those plans. And then the ultimate betrayal, (laughs) when Matt had... (laughs) ended his isolation and met up with Tierney and friend of the pub Jim and probably some other people or at least no it's just us just the three of you just us yeah just went and fucking saw it in 70 millimeter at music box without me (laughs) just 
yeah. the well, worst betrayal of my life. <laughs> I was going to see it anyway that day. Yeah, had, you were supposed I to see it with your sister. With, yeah, but then she got COVID. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Everyone's got it. And so it was just going to be Jim and I, and then Matt was free and COVID-free, and so we went to a, mat- a matinee. Yeah, I, I was like... If we couldn't all go see it together, I was I had resigned myself to like, all right, fine, we'll all just go see it independently and we'll talk about it later. And then when I found out that you both saw it together, I, I saw well, what what clued me in was that uh, I knew Tierney was planning on going and I knew her sister got COVID, but I was like, I think she's still gonna go anyway. And then I saw that uh, Jim had rated it on Letterboxd, and I was like, oh, he fucking went. And then I was like, I bet Matt went too. And so I was like, you fucking assholes, did you go without me? And sure Jim enough, was that was crazy. Plan. <clears throat> yeah, and especially when PTA came out and was like, oh my god, thank you so much for coming to this show. Yeah, he thanked uh, me, me specifically <laughs> thanked too. <Terry>. Yeah. <laughs> and there was a moment where he like forgot how to talk and he was like, um, I'm sorry, what was I saying? And we're like, you weren't saying anything. And he was like, I'm You were just I'm staring right at now. me and <laughs> lost yeah. and amorous visions of lovemaking. <laughs> oh, yeah. God bless. Um, but anyway, so yeah, we they went and saw it while I was still doing my COVID isolation, and then I think it was like the day I was able to leave my apartment, I went and saw the Krish pizza. So, so we've all finally now seen it, even though it wasn't the way we all intended to, well, yeah, it wasn't the way we all intended to see it, but no way. We've been there. Um, and so then the only other thing I'll say, just to like kick it, kick the conversation off, is, and I, I'm going to apologize to you again, Tierney. I went to a late showing of Licorice Pizza, and it I was leaving the theater at 11 p.m. Mountain Time, which is midnight Central Time. And oh I knew yeah, that, where you just didn't yeah. even text me. <laughs> I knew that Tierney we was going to be about asleep. This last time, <laughs> did we record when we talked about it, or were I we think just talking so, about yeah, it Yeah, because I said no mentions of Licorice Pizza, and then you mentioned Licorice Pizza <laughs> oh, and the right, fact yeah. that you texted him. <laughs> Yeah, so I, t- I texted Matt because I needed an immediate response, and I knew you were going to be in bed. Although I think we found out after the fact that you were still awake that night, so I could have just texted I was reading my book. You. So anyway, uh, the thing I said to Matt, and I may have mentioned this last week when we recorded or two weeks ago, but uh, I'm going to see this movie a thousand times. Like, this, mm-hmm. it's like, as soon as it ended, I was like, I, I want to watch this again immediately. <laughs> yeah. Um, I loved this movie so much. Is it all of our favorite movie of the year? I mean, the year it, just started. So, yeah. I mean, of 2021. <laughs> oh. Uh, probably, but I didn't see very many new movies. I haven't, like, officially made my list. I usually wait until I've seen all the Oscar nominees of whatever mm-hmm. year to, like, finalize my list. Of the ones that I've seen, it's going to be very close between this and Come On, Come On. I come might, on, come on, come I on. I might come give on. this the edge, but I, that'll be like a game I'm time on decision. The edge. <laughs> yes, well, let's keep oh doing God. this. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, do you guys think I was going to do Edge of Glory or Edge of Seventeen? There, Edge of Glory. I didn't. Ex- I didn't expect you were going to do Edge of anything, really. <laughs> but, then I, but then I was like, I guess it's Edge of Glory. I thought you were going to keep doing Come On, Come On. No. Oh. Please, please. I didn't expect the me. jukebox to change the disc, you know? <laughs> Mid-track. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
The song is actually Please Please Me. Uh, not Come On, Come On. I haven't seen that one. It looked really good, though. Yeah. I, what I, is this? Oh, Come On, Come On, Come On. Yeah. Come On. <laughs> I thought we were talking about the song, and I was like, what song are we talking about? No. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll probably do a write-up of my favorite movies of, of 2021 and put it up on the website, like, again, once I've seen a few more things. But, um, yeah, th- I mean, it's, like I said, if, if this is not my number one of the year, it's definitely my number two. Um, it's, it's, I just, I, I loved every minute of it. I, 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 as I was watching it, I was like, I shouldn't like this as much as I do. Cause it's like, it's, it's very vignette-y and I've like, I've been on record on this podcast saying that I'm not a big, I think it is. I mean, like there's like, there's definitely, it's not a vignette movie. Like it's not like French Dispatch is a vignette movie. Like they're very clearly like telling stories that are all vaguely tied together in some way. But I think that, like, this felt similar in structure to um, Away We Go, where it was, like, there's two main characters, and they just kind of, like, pop around from adventure. Not, like, they don't pop around in, like, geography, but they pop around from, like, adventure to adventure. And there's, like, whole chunks of the movie that, like just feel like there's the like the intro scene where it's just like the two of them walking around his high school and talking is like 20 minutes of the movie and like the whole waterbed sequence is like you know a good chunk of the movie the whole john peters sequence which we will definitely talk about again is like a whole like chunk of the movie so i and like sean penn it's like characters you meet only for that segment of the movie exactly and even like the political stuff at the end is like you don't meet any of those characters until you enter that particular story. So I can see that. I think it flows just kind of like, yeah, it's just these two people connected through all these unique experiences together. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, but I, yeah, I would I wouldn't necessarily say it was vignette either. So I think you're wrong. <laughs> you're also stupid. Um, but I, 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 I just found both of them so instantly watchable and like just so incredibly charming and like their characters were just so well developed from the minute they're on screen that I was like okay I don't really care that quote unquote nothing's happening here because I will watch these two do literally anything (laughs) like um uh oh what do you mean by nothing's happening I, like, like, I said, quote unquote. I, I'm not actually saying, but like, I. Do you mean like, the fact that they're not like kissing? No, I just mean the fact that they're no, just like, like the plot. There's not much of a plot, which is not a problem. Yeah. I'm not. It's not a criticism. I'm just saying it's just these like it's we're just like checking in on these two as they live their adolescent ish lives, and there's nothing I, wrong with that. That's not a bad thing. I feel like you haven't read or perhaps watched enough romance stories because that is the plot. The plot is the two of them falling in love and then pretending they're not in love and trying to spite the other person. And then when they do it back to, it's like a pull in, like a tug of war game. But I feel like that very much is the plot. And so the two of them bantering is plot development. I'm not saying it's not. I'm just saying, like, in terms of, like, a PTA movie, there's not a... Like, if we were to compare to this to other PTA movies, like, I feel like this is a little bit more... 
ambling is not the right word because that has much breezy. more of a name. But yeah, just like just really breezy. Like there's not like like it's it's just like very chill. It's very it's just vibes. It's purely vibes. The stakes, yeah. The stakes don't escalate the way even in like Phantom Thread, the stakes escalate for those characters. Like in this one, there's like a back and forth and there's like a, a pressure cooker of like how annoyed they can be with each other. But like John Peters isn't really like it stakes for that moment, but then it like doesn't really have a, an influence on later stuff. Or Sean Penn, there's stakes in that moment and that like night, but ultimately that doesn't change like the plot as a whole. It is just kind of like the development of this relationship is what we're focused on. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, the plot isn't necessarily the focus. But like with a lot of PTA movies, it is more about the like the uh, poking back and forth. Mm-hmm. And uh, and uh, the the podcast film spotting talked about how it's like PTA's mentor student relationship is like a major theme throughout his movies. Like all of them have this kind of mentor and protege. Mm-hmm. And in this one, they were like, it's funny because the protege is actually Alana, yeah, and the mentor is uh, Gary because Gary has all these schemes and like is jumping into adulthood at fifteen, and like she doesn't really know what she's doing and kind of wants to become an adult but is like reluctant to figure out how that works and just kind of follows his lead to be like all right i guess i'll help you with what your little schemes are mm-hmm. uh and then eventually like the breaking point is just really being like i've got to grow up but like yeah i think it's it's a lot more of a hangout movie uh which people have compared it to like a link later um mm-hmm. which we'll get to a reference to that later <laughs> in the show uh but I think in that terms, like I'm not a huge Linklater fan, and Me I kind neither. of find his movies kind of kind of ambling and kind of boring because there's no stakes. But in this case, yeah, I couldn't have been more delighted or charmed or ec- ecstatic to hang out with these two and all their little friends mm-hmm. and like just be with them in 1970s California, where they're like. It- the other movie that uh, I said this this reminded me of was 20th Century Women, which we've done on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's that same kind of like snapshot of a very particular place and time, and the people that come into your life and move out of it and come back in, and like what those relationships are for that period of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's why I loved it because I'm like, oh, I'll, I'll watch this just to like relax, just to have a nice afternoon. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it's it's amazing. I love it so much. Uh, I, oh, go yeah. ahead. No, I was just gonna say I, I feel like Matt and I have been monologuing for a while, so I wanna mm-hmm. I wanna get your thoughts. T. Um, just... <clears throat> so there's a couple things that have been discussed that I wanted to touch base on. <laughs> I actually disagree with the fact that there are almost no stakes because I think that the stakes of this movie and of this plot is the fact that they might not get together and I think that from the moment we meet them we want them I was actually talking to one of my friends about this because she was like she heard someone talk about how the <laughs> sorry <laughs> Tierney you obviously the listener can't see this but Tierney like looked off her camera when she said I was talking to one of my and I was like was she about to say I was talking to my dog about this and <laughs> no no I was talking to one of my friends because she heard someone say like it's like inappropriate movie don't go see it and she was like I didn't feel that way at all and I think that the reason um, the reason 
people feel like it's inappropriate is because immediately from the get-go you want them to get together, but you know that they should not, based on that age mm-hmm. gap, mm-hmm. be together and the fact that he's 15. But then I think that throughout the different schemes they go on, whether it's the waterbed, whether it's John Peters, the ultimate stakes is will they or won't they, mm-hmm. which in a like, rom-com can be like super mm-hmm. cringy, but I thought that this one did it really well in the sense that the stakes seemed real. Mm-hmm. Um, what was the other thing? Uh, oh, I know that we discussed this after the movie with Jim, but <laughs> but uh, we were talking about, and this we can get into this later, but we started talking about Inherent Vice and how people hate that movie uh, and how my take is that Inherent Vice is the most plot-heavy of all of PTA's movies, mm-hmm. and people don't like it because it's also not, like, a linear plot to follow, although it's... We can, get, we can talk about this another time, but it's, it's like, all one string, just various, I don't know, offshoots, but then Phantom Thread is also very plot-heavy to where yeah. if you're going to get into like one of his movies that this is probably most similar to is like Boogie Nights mm-hmm. to where it's just a group mm-hmm. of people um, and there is a plot still because there has to be a plot but it's not I guess like the focus yeah um, but no I thought this movie was very funny uh, I enjoyed it that was um, another thing that I was I was thinking like I as we've discussed on this pod PTA is a very funny person and PTA's movies are funny Mm-hmm. But, like, we don't traditionally think of PTA's movies as comedies. Like, I think they're usually something else that just happens to also... Like, I would never think that... Mm-hmm. I would never say that There Will Be Blood is a comedy. I think there are moments of There Will Be Blood that are hilarious. Like, and if, you know, if listener hasn't heard our episode of There Will Be Blood, go back and listen to it, because there are several times where we were just bursting out into laughter talking about, like, moments or lines from that movie. But I think this felt like... PTA's most overtly comedic movie and also in my opinion was his funniest like overtly funniest movie. I spent that's, most of this movie giggling and or actually laughing out loud. That's funny considering Punch Drunk Love is literally a rom-com. <laughs> yeah, but I don't I don't find Punch Drunk Love like comedic. It's I mean, too again, there, for me. I was I was going to say like there are yeah. there are moments of comedy in that movie, but I I think of that more of a romance drama than a rom-com because <laughs> that movie's kind of intense. <laughs> I also think, though, that the best uh, the best movies in general, uh, I think it, Taika Waititi might have actually said this, but it was like his movies are either dramas with comedy bits or comedies with drama bits. Mm-hmm. And in my opinion, those are the two, it, the only two kinds of stories that really work because mm-hmm. they're most reflective of life. Yeah. <laughs> like how I mean, I'm sure there are very serious people in the world who look at things like this is very serious, this is terrible, we must be very serious. Mm-hmm. But I am not one of those people. <laughs> and so for it to be all like drama all the time is like it's exhausting for me. Yeah. I to your the point you made earlier the when I finished this movie so I was going to rewatch all of PTA's movies 
last year, and I made it up through... I think I, I think I only made it up through There Will Be Blood, so I didn't get around to watching rewatching The Master, Inherent Vice, or Phantom Thread. Um, so, like, I still want to rewatch those three at some point, but the one when I finished this movie, the one that I most strongly wanted to go back and give another chance to was Inherent Vice, because I think I've seen it, like, three-ish yeah. times, <laughs> and I, I, I like it. I think it's good. If, but if I were to rank all of PTA's movies, it would be towards the bottom. It's usually um, where it is for people. Right, which, like, again, it's. I think it's... Is it your number one, Tierney? Uh, no, but it's in my top three. I, my number yeah. one is probably tied between There Will Be Blood and Phantom Thread. And then if you were to go to the next one, it would be Inherent Vice. I fucking love yeah. that movie. I yeah, think it's so, so funny. And I, I know, Matt, <laughs> we've talked about it. And you're like, Why? <laughs> Yeah, so I, I think it is good, but yeah, I, I think it's like I've, very plot heavy. I've seen it a few times, but I feel like I need to give it. A, it's probably been, I think the last time I saw it was when it was at Music Box for one of their seventy millimeter runs. I think you and I went and checked it out, Tooney. Yeah, we went to like a ten thirty showing. I I fell asleep in that movie. Yeah, I, I, yeah. as as we knew what happened. Those <laughs> chairs, my chairs god, my neck. <laughs> the next day, if it was Music like, Box is listening. Please fix your chair. We love you so please much, but please, nice God, fix your chairs. <laughs> you heard Tierney. You heard our tea girl. We got the good seats, too, Colin. We got the ones in the leg room. <laughs> Which is probably why you fell asleep, because you were able to, like, more or less be in, like, a reclined position. <laughs> I know. But I didn't know what to do with my head. Um, um, anyway, yeah, that was uh, those were my thoughts on the movie. Uh, I haven't seen it since... I don't know what was that the second of January. So yeah, I was gonna say, I'll that... do my best to remember things. But I was like, oh, I'll see it again, and then just didn't get my act together. For the last all of us, two all weeks. we all talked that. about doing it. I was going to go <laughs> last night. My I was in Virginia for a client meeting, and there was an AMC that was like an eight minute walk from my hotel, and my meeting wrapped at five, and there was a six p.m. showing. I was, like, very seriously considering going, but it was, like, actively snowing. It was, like, 16 degrees outside, and I was, like, I do not want to make this walk to go to, like, I was just, like, as much as I would like to watch this movie again, this is not the right circumstance. So I just hung out in my hotel room and did nothing. But I I will be seeing this movie again at some point in the near future, and when it comes out on Blu-ray, I will be buying it and watching it all the time. Should we dive into the actual movie now? Yeah. Sure. I think we should probably start with John Peters. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Jump right in the middle. That is the most high stakes it gets, though, is that van scene. Which is (laughs) awesome. Of them out of gas going backwards down the hills of Hollywood. Also, (laughs) not a van. It's a truck. It's like a A truck. A moving truck. Like a full-size moving (laughs) truck. Yeah. That whole, like... Bradley Cooper was one of, like, the first set photos we saw from this movie. And he's, like, all in white at a gas station. I don't know if I knew at the time that he was playing, like, a, you know, a real person. Um, But I was just like, okay, I need to see whatever is happening here. (laughs) And then when he's, like, when he is featured in the trailer for this movie, which I think we mentioned is just, like, an incredible trailer. But when he's featured in the trailer, I'm like, oh, that's fun. And... He is that much fun, if not more so, every scene he's in in this movie. <laughs> His speech 
threatening Gary is like exactly what a crazy rich person speech like rant sounds like where they're constantly switching topics they're constantly like giving a threat and then saying that they care about you and then like letting you know that they'll kill you and then being like oh yeah this thing I did last week was so cool and you're like where are you like like, what are you talking about and like that scene of just Gary having to like listen and nod as like his whole family is watching like what the fuck is going on like what are why are you being ranted at by this like coked out dude I told Matt so funny that I could watch a movie and just have him emerging from the darkness and all white <laughs> with that walk in almost every scene and the one that I referenced was in Kill Bill volume 2 when she breaks out of the coffin and crosses the street covered in dust <laughs> to have him cross as well would be incredible uh, I think my favorite is when when I think Gary is just sitting at his or is it Alana? Alana's, Alana's sitting Alana's on the curb. Oh yeah, he's curb. so fucking creepy to her. Yeah. Uh, like when she, when he's in the car with her, is like, oh god. And when she's sitting on uh. the curb, and he just comes down and throws a garbage can <laughs> through the store, and then tries to pick up those girls. <laughs> That's my favorite. What's what's the line? The pickup line that he. <laughs> Hey, you like peanut butter sandwiches? <laughs> Which is the actual pickup line of John Peters. And he made PTA put it in the movie. He's like, okay, well, if you're making a character about me, you got to include the peanut butter sandwich line. You got to include my pickup line. And, like, he is okay with this portrayal of him, which only makes the character that much crazier. Where you're like, oh, my God. This is a truthful portrayal, then, of this lunatic producer (laughs) who was very handsome and picked up a lot of people in the 70s. Including Barbara Streisand. Sand. 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 It's like sand. No, no, no. Sand. <laughs> also, just, I mean, yeah, I mean, we'll just dive right in. But, like, the Gary deciding to not fill up the hot tub is, like, such a stressful moment of him just, like, letting it go. And you're like, oh, no. Oh, my God. What are you doing? Are you crazy? So, like, every interaction after that with John Peters <laughs> is so stressful. And the first time that you see him again when they're, like, approaching in the truck and he, like, stops them, you're like, did he already see, like, what happened? And, like... Well, because he, like, he what... comes at them and he's, like, so aggressive. And you're like, it's oh, shit, walk. he's gonna he's gonna murder them. And then you're just like, oh, no, that's just how he is as a person. You're like, okay, cool. <laughs> it's so stressful. Oh, my God. But, yeah, that, like, that scene is one of the highlights of the year. Like, one of the best, like, segments of the movie is just John Peter's... Just a random celebrity that they happen to be delivering a mattress to. And then that all comes from it. And it's kind of the turning point for Alana to also... Like, we're kind of jumping way towards the end. But it's like fine. It's kind of a jumping point for Alana to be like, what am I doing? Like, I just backed up a truck with no gas down the hills, <laughs> like, through the rearview mirror. Like, this is a stupid thing. I don't need to be involved. Which in is really just so impressive. Kids. Yeah. And she's so calm and so chill. It's the coolest performance, too. And it's also wild, or I guess it's not wild, but I thought it was like a good payoff because when Gary first brings her to his agent and he's like, say yes to anything you can do. And then she is like a literal stunt driver (laughs) down the hill rolling. 
uh, I thought, I was like, yeah. what a good payoff. That's a great point. And, like, when she squeals, when it, like, gets to the bottom of the hill and she turns it, like, yeah. to face forward, it's like, <laughs> it's like, what is this? <laughs> how did she know how to do this? Uh, Literal stunt driver. I, so, obviously, I am not the first person to say this, uh, but another movie that this reminded me of as I was watching it was Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah. And um, I think the way the licorice pizza trailer ends, where, like, Gary's on the phone with Alana, but he's got his hand covering the receiver, and it, like, looks over, and his brother just, like, has this, like, really ominous look on his face, and Gary just, like, you know, is like, shh. Um, the trailer was kind of, like, hinting that maybe, like, most of the trailer is, like, this seems like it's just going to be a really cool hang for, like, two hours. But the, like, the end, the way the trailer ended, I was like, oh, maybe there's something, like, a little more, like, a little darker underneath the surface. And then when I'm watching the movie, I was like, oh, that's kind of how Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was, too. Like, there's, like, the Manson stuff that's, like, kind of simmering under the surface. And then it, like, you know, blows up at the end. And so I was kind of thinking that this movie was going to be like that. So, like, basically any time there was some sort of tension, like when Gary gets arrested or when they're, like, trying to, you know, not get caught by John Peters and he's going to murder somebody, I kept being like, oh, fuck, is this where it's going to turn? And then it just didn't. And I was like, I love that this is not that movie. Like, it's not a movie where, like, something is going to happen. Like, in that way. Like, it's, it's... What? But you know what? To that point, too, like, there are so many moments. Almost each segment has a Mm fake-out, high-stakes potential of, like, Gary getting taken by the cops, uh, but ultimately, like, it's a raw... Like, they don't... They didn't get the right guy. (laughs) Like, Sean Penn feels very dangerous. Like, that whole story feels like oh god what's gonna happen the mayor um, holy the shit the mayor yeah the end of the sean penn like when you're just like oh shit is like he gonna crash his motorcycle and die and like and alana's gonna die too <laughs> like the visual physical comedy of him like gunning the motorcycle and her just flopping off the back i Floop. laughed so hard yeah also i've only ever seen tom waits in this and seven psychopaths and in both movies he just fucking steals the show to where you're like i don't even know why this is happening but the fact that tom waits is bringing me there i'm like let's do it yeah i mean that is kind of tom waits like actor persona like he is kind of the same thing and everything and it's just this like ball of energy that's kind of unhinged he's like he's like a better nick nolte like Mm -hmm. would you imagine like nick nolte or gary Busey to like bring it's like that, but it's like much more focused and artful because <laughs> he's just kind of this loose cannon. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's much and more Sean, controlled yeah. in Seven Psychopaths than this, but still like chaotic energy. Yeah, yeah. He, with his fucking rabbits everywhere. <laughs> um, there was another. Oh, when you were talking about um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, uh, both movies also have a great soundtrack. And then this one, the needle drop of the doors is like chef's kiss. Yeah. And then uh, McCartney and Wings was also really good. Um, I mean, uh, uh, what's his fucking name? David Bowie. Neo Singer. What? 
No, Todd Rundgren. We get some Todd Rundgren in this movie, and I love Todd Rund- Todd Rundgren. <laughs> What's his fucking name? Hello, he- hello it's me. Oh, it's like, it's like a classic. Which, go on. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure that's in the scene. Um, I talked about this with my friend and older roommate, Hannah, about her favorite movie from the movie. Uh, and I, I agree that this is one of the best moments, is when, I think it's the Todd Rundgren song is playing, and they're at the burger drive-in place, and... Gary is in the car with his mom and sees Alana walk in with uh, Lance. Jer Bear. Jer Bear coming at you Lance from all angles. Bear. Can we have a special moment just to talk about how much I love Skylar Gazzando? Yes. I think he is kind of 10 for 10. Like, everything he's in, he brings the exact right energy. We were talking about it after, and uh, and Tyranny was like, what did you say? Like, of course his name was Lance. Oh, that was <laughs> like, Jim. Yeah, he's like, of course his fucking name is Lance. <laughs> Yeah, it's like he's a perfect Lance. He knows exactly what a Lance brings, but in the moment where they're at the the drive-in and you see Gary just kind of sadly see that she's with this guy that's kind of his rival, and the way he just asks, do you want to eat in the car or do you want to eat at home? And his mom is like, do you want to go home? And he just nods like, yeah, let's go home. But it's so, like, gentle and soft, and it's, like, not putting his needs. He's not acting like a bratty teenager. Again, he's bringing this, like adult kind of consideration to how to ask that even Mm -hmm. that like that moment is so sweet and it's so like uh heartbreaking to be like oh i've been that like i've watched the person that i wanted to be with just like walk with somebody else and be like this my whole day is ruined Mm -hmm. and like that ends up being why he's on the phone like cover up the phone trying not to let her know he's calling because he says that he's Lance. The dad's like, Lance's on the phone. It's just silent. I also loved uh, Lance when Alana brought Lance over and he was like, oh no, I'm atheist. Like that whole, like, that whole thing was just so good. What does your dick look like? What does your cock look like? Is it a normal dick? Yeah, are you circumcised? Yeah, I'm circumcised. Then you're a fucking Jew. <laughs> and then a story back in the house Just, and be like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Why would you do that? And he's like, How, why would you bring an atheist into my home? Like, going from screaming at him to then screaming at her parents is like... <laughs> and then followed, which was one of the best comedic moments of her sister being like, you've got to stop getting in fights with everyone. And she's like, oh, shut the fuck up. <laughs> like, it storms off then. It's like, that explosion of anger from her is so funny and so, like, like appropriate for, like, she's mad because it didn't go right. <laughs> like, no one, no one is at fault, but she's just pissed. And you also have the payoff of a similarly constructed line with John Peters when he's like, how big is your dick hole? And then Greg's like, uh, like no, normal size, I guess. <laughs> How, how's it gonna feel when you take when you shove that lie or that excuse <laughs> up your dick? I thought that was very funny. Um, I also liked uh, that there was the continuation of the Heim family band music mm-hmm. videos with just like lots of running. Yeah. There's so much running in this movie, and it all looks amazing. And it's almost yeah. always oh, si- yeah. soundtracked perfectly. Um, the, yeah. The amount of tracking shots is also so fun. Like, the movie never slows down, and it's because it, like, is constantly running with people or moving with people, which, like, that's kind of what PTA's trademark was with his early movies, is this, like, constant movement and kind of, like, like uh, <clears throat> spastic kind of, like, you're... Con- 
constantly looking at different things and things are constantly like taking your eye and the edits are so fast and crisp and crisp mm-hmm. that with this one it was like them running and passing out flyers or them running from like the cops or like driving a truck backwards down these hills like everything felt so like there's so much movement to it that yeah it's just such a fun movie to watch uh because you're like constantly dazzled by the movement Mm -hmm. razzle dazzle Mm -hmm. (laughs) give him a little razzle dazzle um i quick quick shout out while you know we talked a little bit about skylar uh Gazongo, who again? Gazongos. 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 Yeah. Skyler Gazongos. Yeah. Uh, quick sh- shout out to my beloved book smart Jer Bear coming at you from all angles. <laughs> <laughs> I also want to shout out uh, Gary's mom, who's the waitress from Sunny. <laughs> yeah, and she's so good. <laughs> she's in really this. good in this movie. <laughs> when she first shot, popped up, I was like, oh, yeah. nice. <laughs> Like weird, Waitress. weird stunt casting, but okay. <laughs> like, yeah, Charlie Day's real life wife. <laughs> Incredible. Yeah, and she was I really good her, in this too. I thought. Yeah, she was, and like her uh, reactions to the scene where uh, they're doing their phone calls. Oh my the, god! <laughs> for the waterbeds, and Gary is like, "You make it sexier, like." sex sells and then like Alana is making it sexier but Gary doesn't like how sexy and there, meanwhile there's another meeting about the PR firm that his mom is running behind them and she just keeps reacting like what is happening like what are you talking about and the client keeps looking over to be like what are they doing over there oh uh, it's so good the I mean yeah I mean let's talk about Gary and Alana because like that union that like friendship is so rich and fun, and it really is because it's the two of them, uh, like perfectly cast as these characters, and like Gary's kind of taller and bigger, so he doesn't seem like he's fifteen. Like he does kind of seem like this man who's like in the middle of his life. He also behaves like an adult, a young adult. But also, mm-hmm. the thing that I like is that they both look like real people. I was just gonna say that, like yeah. you. They I don't, don't know look how like Coop- Skylar Gazondo or however you say his Gazongas. name. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know how old Cooper Hoffman was when they filmed this. Like, probably 17, 16, 17, somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, I love the fact that they just, like, let him have some, like, zits on his face. And, like, let him look, like, not, like, a perfectly, like, made-up person. Like, to your point, Tierney, like, he just looked like a real teenager because he is a real teenager, but most, you know, Hollywood productions would just, like, slather him in makeup. Um, And I really appreciate that they just, like, let him be him. I think that that made... That made you, like, that much more interested in caring about him as a character and caring about him as a person because he just felt real. And in the same way that, like... I I don't... I, I heard this on a podcast, so, you know, grain of salt, but... Um, I don't think Alana wore makeup in this movie. Oh, except... I don't wear makeup either. <clears throat> right, but, like, except for, <laughs> like, she didn't wear, like, makeup in, like, the Hollywood, you know, I like, know. we're gonna go to makeup before. But, uh, I think the only time she wore makeup in the movie is when she applied it herself. Like, she did not go to the makeup trailer. She just was like, okay, mm-hmm. I need to have makeup for this scene, because I think I'm going on a date with you know, this guy. So the makeup was like stuff that she had done herself, which I think also makes it, makes them both feel like real people. Um, and I, I did think, have a, 
Okay. Oh, sorry. I think no, no, Matt no. had Matt. You had said that the reason she was even cast in the role, although the fact that it's like her whole family, whole family. tells me it was like right. half written for her, but is the fact that you, I think you said that uh, PTA was like she looks like a Valley girl, like a girl mm-hmm. who grew up yeah. in the San Fernando Valley looks like Alana Heim, mm-hmm. and so you don't want to like fuck with that i guess if it's like naturally there yeah um i i loved that i'm obviously i recognize the the sisters because like we're we're fans of the band i had no idea that it was her actual parents playing like the (laughs) character's parents and so like when the credits rolled up i was like oh my god that's amazing (laughs) this makes me love that whole family dynamic that much more because i'm sure it was just like I don't know, you guys, your family, just do that. I'll film it, and we'll call it good. <laughs> like, here, here are the general parameters of what needs to happen in this scene. Go. <laughs> so. Speaking of, did you catch uh, all of Maya Rudolph and Paul Thomas Anderson's kids in it? I, I saw that they were in it, but I did not catch which ones their kids were. I assume uh, some of them were, like, Gary's friends. Yeah, yeah. but then the girl that Gary brings to the like bar top of the cock yeah top of the cock uh that that i like i nudged because she looks almost exactly like maya rudolph and paul thomas anderson if you just merged their faces so i was like matt i'm pretty sure that's his daughter and then for the rest of the movie i was like scoping yeah it's such a family affair like he really used his community to make this movie including cooper hoffman like yeah, I I think it's I think part of it too is that it's so endearing that Cooper Hoffman is in a PTA movie, mm-hmm. and like also selling mattresses just like his dad played a character who sold mattresses in the San Fernando Valley. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's kind of, it is like almost in the same way that like in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, uh, Quentin Tarantino cast Maya Hawke mm-hmm. to be in the the Manson family and then escape in a car where it's like Wait. that. Who's my? Uma Thurman's daughter. Oh. I mean, oh. Uma, yeah. Uma Thurman and Ethan Hawke's daughter. <laughs> yeah. Right. Good, good pedigree. Yeah. Uh, I did not, I like, did not even know that. She's the one with the feet? Yeah. No, 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 no. That's, no. um, Margaret Qualley. Margaret Qualley. Our beloved. Who's Andy McDowell's daughter. Our beloved. So. Not, Andy McDowell is not our beloved. But Who's Margaret Qualley is our beloved. She was in, yeah. uh, Four Weddings and a Funeral. She's like the main love interest for Hugh Grant, uh, and yeah. she's the one that we were all like, eh. <laughs> that movie. And who's your kid, Rainy? Uh, no, Margaret Qualley. Margaret Qualley is the actress's name. I don't know. Oh, yeah, she's the one with the feet. For... Yeah. And then no, what's no. the hawk the... kid? Maya Hawk. Maya Hawk is in the car uh, at the end, <clears throat> and she's the one who's like, oh, I have to go back and grab something, and then drives away in the car. She was also in Stranger Things season three. You know I didn't un- watch that. Well, she's probably going to be. I think she should be BB in uh, the Kill Bill three. If we ever get the Kill Bill, because she has brown hair. No, because she's Uma Thurman's daughter. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, still because of the same reason I brought her up in the first place. <laughs> but also, can you imagine Maya Hawk fighting Zendaya? Holy. F- Fuck. Like, Give me this movie Shut already, up and take please. all of my money. I will clear out my bank account to make this happen. <laughs> please. I want it. Um, Let's just do a fan. Anyway, yeah. Um, 
but yeah, Cooper Hoffman doing great work in this, and I'm excited to see what else he does for us, including like him and Alana, because they're both so new. I'm like, oh, I just want more from both of you. So yeah, I, th- I want to go back to uh, when you were like, it's such a family affair. I think it's, I wonder how much of that was inspired by what he, like what his vision of this movie was versus how much mm-hmm. of that was inspired by the fact that they shot this during COVID. That's what I just assumed it was like, oh, well, we have this bubble. Right, like, <laughs> we, we, like we have we this bubble. We might as well put my relatives in here. <laughs> exactly. So, like, either way, I think it works really well for the movie, but I, I am curious, and, like, maybe we'll never know, like, if it was one more predominantly than the other. Um, well, it figured, yeah. like, if you're going to... Because there's so many restaurant this is my interpretation i figure you have all these restaurant scenes and you need extras that i assume most of the people in the restaurant scenes were like aunts uncles cousins etc because if in the credits it was like there were like nine thousand andersons and i'm like (laughs) it's a common last name but like maybe they're related um but if you if you need all those extras you might as well pick like people who are already within the same bubble i filmed something during covid in summer of 2020 it still hasn't uh finished post-production yet so uh but that was i it was written as like sisters and i ended up casting my sisters because we were all in the same bubble right um yeah and then the crew only had exposure to basically one family Right. As opposed to three different mm-hmm. families. We filmed is outside anyway. No one got COVID. I still haven't gotten COVID. <laughs> COVID <laughs> doesn't even want me. No. <laughs> Just kidding. I'm pretty sure I had it in February 2020. Um, yeah, you had it like first release. Yeah, like, I had uh, like edition. alpha COVID, not Omicron, yeah. not Delta. <laughs> I had like original European variant from someone from Switzerland. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Almost killed me. (laughs) Not actually. I wasn't hospitalized. I was just flat on my back for a week to use a PTA line. Um, Bless it. Uh, So I did have a question for you guys. Hit us. Um, Do you believe that Alana is 25? Do you believe in love? I think she is, isn't she? I, Alana, the actress, I mean, like, the singer in Heim is, I think, 28. Oh. But Alana, the so, character in this movie, do you believe that she's 25? Oh, my God, I, she's I'm not, 30. I'm not saying that she's, like, age-appropriate for, like, there's, like, there's still a gap there that I think is, is problematic. I would have guessed 23. You mean, like, does she, did, is she she's, lying about her age? Yes. Because when she says that she's 25, there's, like, a hesitation, which I think could be read in one of two ways. I think she's, like, maybe younger and she's lying about being a little older to seem cooler. Or she's older and she's lying about being younger to seem, like, Mm. it's more okay that she doesn't have her shit together. But I did think it was interesting that she had, like, there was a bit of a hesitation. And, again, I I could just be reading into it. She very well could just be 25. Um, but that was one of the things that I noticed. I was curious what you guys thought on that. I thought she was actually more like 23. 
like yeah, someone I, just out of college, basically, my, who's like, what the fuck am I doing with my life? Although that's, that lasted for a decade for me. <laughs> my, I'm my, just now, actually, I'm still in it. <laughs> <laughs> my read on that was, I, I, I'm more along the lines of you two. I, like, I, I think she's definitely too old to, like, appropriately be with Gary. But I didn't think that she was actually 25. I thought she was probably in, like, the 22-ish range. And here's what I'll say about the way that this is handled. She's not with him. Right. For right. pretty much until, like, the last minute of the movie, spoiler. And all they do is kiss. So it's like, and at that point, he's at the age of consent. So I'm not saying that that age gap at that age is good. Mm-hmm. But I'm saying that it's handled, I think, tastefully in the sense that it's like more of a friendship than anything else. And then the thing that I find interesting that people are coming down on this one is because there are so many fucking movies of an older dude preying on a high school girl and... No one seems to have a real problem with it, but the second it's a high school boy who is mature for his age, having a crush on someone older, people are like, she should know better. Fuck off with that. I feel like if you're going to insult it, come at it with something real. Yeah. I, I also... Maybe we'll cut that part out. No, no, I, 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 no I, I agree with you, and I think another thing that, like, legally speaking... At least for most of the movie, because I do he does turn sixteen at some point, right? In the movie, yeah. Um, so, like legally speaking, it is problematic for them to be in a like romantic relationship. I do agree that it's they're not like, though. I, I know I, that's what I'm saying. Like I, it is problematic if that were to be the case. So I can at least right. see the, like yeah. the argument that <clears throat> I can see the argument that people are making. But I also think yeah, but Colin, they're not. <laughs> that's where I'm like, I don't know what you're getting all your panties in a bundle. Well, they're not I, even, they're friends. And then people are like, oh, but this, this, and this is okay. When it's a girl but, in high school, people don't have a problem. And there's actual sex involved. Whereas so this is like I, I was a gonna friendship. Say, that's, that's the other thing too that I, I think is interesting about how this movie does it. Is like, Alana has agency in this movie. Like, she, like both, I mean, both of the characters do. But like... Um, like you said, a lot of the times those storylines are like older men who are like grooming and or, you know, like a fetish. Yeah. Like towards younger women. But I don't think that like that dynamic is not happening here. No, it's like two humans with agency with like a legal difference in age that is not okay. But other than like, there's not any other like weird, gross stuff going on. Um, so, like, it yeah. never really, like, bothered me. And the- compared to something like else that we watch for this podcast, which is The Graduate, mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah. The Graduate is very explicitly a sexual relationship between people that are, like, being coerced or, th- like, stressed into it. Yeah. Whereas this one, like, yeah, they are just friends. And there's, like, I think, like, Tierney said at the beginning, like, there's a tension of, like, will they, won't they, that is, like, heightened because you're like well they really shouldn't and alana knows they shouldn't and gary will you know isn't pushing the matter but like you know if it were to happen he's like very much available and like still trying to charm his way 
into it becoming a reality, but there isn't any consummation. They never call each other that they're the girlfriend or boyfriend of the other. Like, it is just kind of this relationship, this friendship, that, like, despite Alana knowing that it's, like, not a great optic to, like, be hanging out with all these 15-year-olds, and she's the one who says it herself, (laughs) she's, like, is just drawn to, like, how magnetic Gary is as this, like, precocious 15-year-old who, like, brings adventure to her life and, like, brings excitement and, like, honors her for being creative and smart and cool where she, like, doesn't get that from a lot of the other people in her life. Mm -hmm. So it's, like, hard for her to resist somebody who's, like, actively kind of a good influence on her, even though he's kind of also a bad influence. But it's, like, a little bit of both. Yeah. I feel like it's all, like, Gary's pretty innocent and... Like, the two of them together, I think, are are fairly innocent. Like, I know there's, like, I don't know, lewd jokes and that sort of thing. But, like, Gary's just trying to make money. Yeah. Yeah. And Alana, I feel like, yeah, she just wants to feel included. Um, Anyway, I didn't think. It it, it, didn't. it, It Yeah. It did not bother me, yeah, not for me at all when I watched it. Like, that was not even a thing that was even remotely on. I mean, like, I knew that it was a thing that people were talking about, but as I was watching the movie, it was not a thing that was even remotely on my radar as something that I was uncomfortable with. Yeah. The, uh, the, um, God, John Michael Higgins stuff. A little uncomfortable. That was uncomfortable. Um, Who is he? He's the guy. The guy he's the guy who owns the Japanese, owns Japanese restaurants. restaurants, and he like oh, talks yeah. in that like really offensive Asian yeah. stereotype uh, accent. That was like just really upsetting. <laughs> yeah, we couldn't entirely figure out what the purpose of that was, besides like commenting on how sushi was on the rise in like the seventies, like Japanese sushi restaurants and stuff was like a very 1970s San Fernando Valley thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, even like him like being like, oh, I divorced that one wife. This is a new one. Like, I don't entirely know what it was saying about yeah. that guy. So yeah, I think that's like with the the Again, as the three of us all said, like, it didn't bother us, the age difference between the two, like, Alana and um, Gary. But I could see why some people are bothered by it. This is the other thing that it seems like a lot of people are bothered by, like, also, like, us included. But, like, this one just doesn't feel like it needed to be there at all. Yeah. Like, you could have just taken his character out of, like... You already know that Gary has relationships with restaurant owners. You already know that because he goes to the the Tale of the Cock restaurant. Um, and he can, like, get a table wherever he, like, knows the guy. Yeah, so, your, like, normal, your normal table. Right, yeah. So, like, he, we already get that that is a relationship that Gary has with business owners in this particular area. So, like, I don't... There's... I feel like it's not bringing anything new to the table other than just generally speaking john michael higgins is a funny person and like right. that was probably intended to be comedic yeah but it's but just like is is pretty yeah. not what you want yeah yeah um 
But we do get a good moment in the bathroom of that scene, uh, if we want to pivot away from that, of just her, like, the other waitress being like, oh, you're friends oh, with yeah. Gary? Like, oh, yeah. Yeah, Gary, Gary's friends with everyone around here. And, like, it's the first time that you notice Alana might be jealous not of, like, a romantic bond, but in the same way that she's like, oh, he's talking to this peer of mine, so that must mean that he just does this to everyone. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the first turning points for her to be like, okay, this is stupid for me to keep, like, hanging around with this kid when I should be, like, dating somebody else and, like, trying to get my shit together. Yeah. Um, but that moment of recognition from Alana is so real of her just being kind of bummed that it's not just her who's getting all of Gary's attention or, like, romantic, like... <laughs> Like asking her out on a date, like oh maybe it's just everybody. Yeah. Um. Gary is a little charmer. He's a little charmer. He's the best. Uh, <laughs> did we have anything else we wanted to talk about in terms of like story? Because I wanted to talk a little bit about some of the technical stuff. No, um, I think we've talked about pretty much everything I was like wanting to talk about. I think the the politics stuff was interesting in terms oh. of like the setting the stage of, like, the scene of, like, the oil crisis and, like, mm-hmm. what was happening in the 70s, but then also making, like, the politician that she's working for who she kind of has a crush on, and then there's, like, this mysterious guy who's, like, hanging out outside of the office, which is another moment of, like, what is this guy's deal? Like, is this about to get dangerous? Like, is he going to assassinate this guy? Yeah. Yeah. And then having it all just be, like, he's tracking him to catch him having a gay life. Yeah. And that, like... Lana's pulled into that and has to just again be kind of this like object for a man to like just like okay you do this for me and that's I think what she realizes like oh this is like this isn't fun Mm -hmm. this isn't what I wanted like if this is adulthood then this is just as like fucked up and not together as these kids who are like pretending to jerk off gas tanks as they fill up this, like, moving truck. Like, Which, like... I might as well have fun. Yeah. yeah. Also, uh, afterwards we were talking about, like, uh, like, uh, maybe it was, like, a- auteurism, like, uh, filmmakers having tropes, and then I, I said there's usually some sort of dick joke in every PTA movie, and I think that's why. I love him because yeah. it's true. A hundred percent, something I would do with a gas tank. Uh, I mean, it, yeah, yes. Every all, <laughs> all of it. Like Boogie Nights is about like this big dick guy. Magnolia is about Tom Cruise talking about respect the cock. Like <laughs> there will be blood is clearly about drilling. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> but like, yeah. I mean, like you said, Reynolds Woodcock being the name. <laughs> There's like, at least one dick design. joke in every movie. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Uh, there's What's the one in Inherent Vice? I mean, I'm pretty sure that they literally go to, a, like, a pussy shop. Like, That's right. Yeah. I'm pretty sure there's lots of them. Also, you have... Um, who's the guy who plays Thanos? Oh, Josh, Josh Brolin. Yeah, his character, I, I told... I don't think they talk about it explicitly in the movie, but his partner... He was in love with his partner, and his partner was killed. Uh, and so the whole movie and the whole book, he's just eating very phallic objects like a corn dog or a frozen banana or a freeze pop, um, which is like a very subtle dick joke. There's something I was going to say. Oh, when you were talking about the 
um, mayor scene, we get one of my favorite lines from the movie, which I have forgotten, but Colin, I think you remember <laughs> about shits. Yep. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. The, I don't uh, really. You so can you take it away. Boyfriend? Well, yeah, so it's just like they, Matt, and, Matt and Tierney were texting after I had seen the movie, and they were like, do you remember the line? It's something about shit, but it's like it's towards the end of the movie, and I was like, oh, yeah, so, you know, this, if you've made it this far into the episode and you haven't seen the movie... I, I, again, I don't know what you're doing, but we're going to talk about something that happens in the last five minutes. But, um, so Lana is walking uh, Benny Softy's character, like the politician's characters. Like, no, Joseph Cross. Yeah, he's walking the boyfriend home. Oh, I, yeah, I was going to oh, say you were gonna say Benny Softy's <laughs> Benny Softy's boyfriend, or Got at it. least okay, like, yeah. you know, partner or whatever. She's walking him home so as to avoid the two of them, like the two dudes walking out of this restaurant together. And, um, the, uh, what's, what's the character's name? Matthew. Matthew. Yeah. Matthew's like, do you have a boyfriend? She's like, ah, I don't know. Kind of. He's like, is he a shit? And she's like, yep. He's like, they're all shits, aren't they? <laughs> it's like, yes. <laughs> so true. <laughs> and it is such a sweet moment, too, because then they hug, and you're like, oh, <laughs> these poor lovelorn people. Yeah. Is he but then that's what, that's what inspires her to go on her final run, to meet yeah. up with Gary. Mm-hmm. And, of, and them running from opposite places where they thought the other one would be, like and then getting those quick cuts of them running from the police or running yeah like when Sean Penn zooming off on the motorcycle it like it just makes you like tingle with like happiness yeah you're like go get each other like I love this friendship yeah and then and then yeah are they gonna stay together no absolutely no, not absolutely <laughs> not this like, relationship is best... so doomed <laughs> it's like yeah. if he wants to make a sequel you know like five years down the road that's just like this relationship completely fucked like i will absolutely watch it but the like the one of the funniest things of this movie is that like like you said Tierney, the whole thing is like a will they won't they and when they finally get together you're just like oh boy this is gonna crash and burn so hard yeah (laughs) and like i think i think the line from the trailer and from early in the movie is when gary very confidently says you're not gonna forget me just like I'm not gonna forget you. Yeah. And like that being the theme kind of of the movie of these people that you meet in your life and like get all these very special memories with. And then like who knows what it'll like where you'll end up, but like you'll have those moments to look back on. It also feels like a very nostalgic movie for like this slice of time from PTA's life and also just like from anyone's life of mm-hmm. looking back on those golden years. Uh which is what good coming-of-age movies do. But, yeah. like, it really does feel like all, all the best moments are what are picked out to, like, recollect for both of these characters. Uh, and, yeah. And also, just, like, a pinball place is, like, what a great place for this to end. <laughs> just, like, everyone happy and, like... Also, Colin, did you see machine. the dude humping the girl against the pinball machine? Yes, of course. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Matt missed it. And I was like, mm-hmm. there's literally, he's slamming her against yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> um, Made me feel things... like I had a dirty mind. No, no, no uh, I definitely saw that. Um, 
what I was going to say also is going off of what Matt said, I don't know if you guys are similar, but to our listener, I was not alive in the 70s. I was barely alive in the 80s. And yet, for some reason, the 70s in California feels very nostalgic for me. Yeah, yeah. same. I have no idea why. Yeah, like I've never lived in California, was not alive during the 70s. Don't particularly have an affinity for the 70s. Oh, I do. Like, I mean, like, <laughs> well, I know you guys do, but like, if I were to choose a decade in like, you know, recent past, recent history, like I was always definitely like more of a 80s vibe than That's, 70s I feel, vibe. But, I feel, oh, sorry, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, like, I still, I agree with what you're saying. Like, I do feel nostalgic for this version. And I, I liked Once Upon a Time yeah. in Hollywood more than either of you did. But, like... I liked it. How I know. dare I, you? I, I'm, not saying you <laughs> I'm not saying you didn't like it, but... Who do you think you are? Um, but, like, that version and this version and, like, the Dazed and Confused version and the American Graffiti, you know, like, that whole... American Graffiti was a little before the 70s, but, like, that whole era of southern california i'm like oh yeah I, i'm i'm into this <laughs> yeah like uh i feel more nostalgia watching like any of those movies or even like inherent vice than i do watching like ferris bueller which is mm-hmm. literally my hometown yeah <laughs> literally the time I that i should be yeah. nostalgic for like 16 candles any of those i'm just like whatever I don't want these <laughs> I don't want these I have referenced that meme so many times in my head <laughs> I know it's a line but in my head it's a meme yeah I don't want these uh, a couple of things these. I wanted to shout out yeah. uh, the we mentioned it earlier but I just want to circle back and just give it its proper due the scene where uh, Gary takes Alana to meet with the agent or like the oh my god Yes. Amazing. I was laughing so hard the entire time. <laughs> the woman who uh, plays the agent is on fire the entire scene. Uh, yeah. She, I believe she was also uh, in Phantom Thread. Um, she sure was. Yeah. She's the, the woman who... Barbara. Uh, yeah. <laughs> gets really drunk and disrespects the dress and passes out. And they, like, take the dress <laughs> off of her, like, passed out body. It's <laughs> so, like... She so that woman be in every PTA movie from here on out, please and thank you. <laughs> like, yeah, that she's also Frasier's agent in. Okay, I'm not interested in that, but she, well, she's trilling that. All right, so that's that little five minute mini adventure in this movie was just so funny. Uh, and then the other, <laughs> I'd forgotten, but I'm looking at Wikipedia right now. <laughs> the John C. Riley cameo, yeah, is so <laughs> funny because it's so short. And basically nothing. <laughs> Except all his you voice. can hear is his voice. <laughs> yeah, you just like hear his voice because he's in the the Herman Munster garb. <laughs> so like you're, you're like, wait, was that John C. Riley? <laughs> like, <laughs> I want I want PTA to also hire John Reynolds so that you don't know who is the John C. Riley and who's the John Reynolds cameo because they sound like the same. Yeah. They should, I think you yeah. brought it up, Matt, that they should play father and son they in really something. Should. I would watch that a million times. <laughs> um, so I don't want to, like, I don't want to step on a conversation that we're going to have in a little bit, but uh, some technical things that I really, like, 
this movie looked gorgeous. I, you guys got to see it on 70mm, and I'm so jealous of that. Because this was, like, just an absolutely astoundingly beautiful movie. But specifically, the thing that I thought of... Uh, PTA makes cigarette smoke look like the coolest fucking thing ever. <laughs> like, when yeah. Tom Waits is introduced and he, like... There's just, like... Like, a puff of cigarette smoke and then there's, like, a silhouette of a person that walks into into focus and it's Tom Waits. I was like, that's the coolest introduction of any human I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> it's just, like, so many shots of just, like, like a smoky haze in this movie mm-hmm. that every single time I was just like, man, hot cigarettes are dope. <laughs> and then they're like, not, but also they are. And I was like, yeah. The takeaway is PTA supports cigarettes. Yeah. <laughs> um, I didn't but really Matt, notice it in this one. Yeah. I mean, like it's, it's in other movies, but I, I, and primarily the, the John Waits or Tom Waits introduction was the one that I like really stuck with me. Um, but there were a few other shots where I was just like, man, cigarette smoke looks, looks really dope or can look really dope on screen. (laughs) Um, but Matt, you also mentioned the, the editing, um, of this movie, which is fantastic. Um, and so many different parts too, like any of the running, but also, yeah, as we've mentioned before, like that truck going down the hill, Mm -hmm. the edits back and forth from Alana like scoping out through the mirrors and then like this truck careening down this hill just like raises the, st- the stakes and the tension so much. And I think another thing that does like this movie, we talked about it earlier, soundtrack so well, that sequence is, is there is no music. There's no, there's nothing. Yeah. The sound is literally just the truck. <laughs> um, and it's so, so scary. It's so tense and it's so scary. And all the whole time, you know, that like Bradley Co- or uh, John Peters is just kind of like, around somewhere and could like maybe <laughs> pop up and see what they did to his car and so like the whole thing is just like really fucking tense and then it's just it's also really stupid and funny <laughs> like, yeah and the like little brothers are in the back of the truck <laughs> just getting jostled around with all of the equipment and furniture <laughs> oh my god um did your uh, either of your parents have a waterbed no. no, but my uncle did, and that shit was uncomfortable. Yeah, my parents had a waterbed for, I think they probably got rid of it when I was, like, four-ish. So it was, like, I have very few, but I do have some memories of a waterbed. And, uh, yeah, I don't, I, I mean, I, I understand why it was a thing in the 70s, but I, I can't imagine wanting a waterbed in the year of our Lord 2021. <laughs> Yeah, just to be constantly (laughs) moving. (laughs) Jostling all the time. (laughs) I've shared an air mattress, and that seems pretty similar. Yeah. Anytime the other person moves an arm, you're like... Yeah, you're like, ooh. And one time I was camping, and it rained so much, we were sleeping on four inches of water. So that's the closest I've come to sleeping in a waterbed. But I did... rafting. Yeah. I did sleep on an air mattress from 2011 yeah you did until 2015 16 wow. what did i get that air mattress from your friend or that mattress from your roommate matt was that 2016 uh, when we yeah when we moved in basically just a little before that 
Yeah, and it was because my air mattress popped, my trusty air mattress, and then I was sleeping on the floor, and uh, people had problems with that. (laughs) A lot of people. You should, too. You walked into my studio apartment, and there was just, like, like a crumble of, like, linens on the floor. (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) Um, Uh, Is there anything else we want to mention before we jump to the categories i might just throw out some lines that i love yeah hit us like like when sean penn is like um i saw my friend uh get shot in the head and alana's just looking at him and goes is this a line or is this real (laughs) (laughs) she doesn't know what's happening (laughs) is this is this for real or is this a line um or just yeah like uh that whole scene of like can you speak french uh huh, and Spanish, yes, and Portuguese, and I also speak Latin. <laughs> just endless, an endless list of skills. And the whole time, Gary just is keep like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think of any other lines like that that I flipped out about, but I, so, I don't know. There's just so many to circle back. I think so. I think we've mentioned this before on other PTA pods, but. His movies really reward rewatch more so mm-hmm. than like most other directors that I can think of. But I feel like this is one that is just going to continue to grow in my estimation over time. Not because I think I'm going to like get more out of it on subsequent viewings, but like you said, Matt, it's just like I just want to hang out in this world with these people to relax. Like this is a fun like, this is just going to be a fun hang for a couple hours, so I'm just going to, like, toss this on and just, like, live in this world for a bit and, like, ignore yeah. the hellscape that is the real world that we actually live in. <laughs> yeah, and this is the lightest, like, sweetest, most joyous PTA movie. And we were actually talking about this after the movie, was, like, on one end of the spectrum is The Master, mm-hmm. which is, like, a a fairly joyless, fairly like grim mostly joyless yeah yeah it's just kind of a a disturbing movie and then you have something like licorice pizza which is like pure joy Uh and everything else exists within that like like spectrum which like even boogie nights as happy as it is is kind of more towards like the dramatic sad end um but like yeah something like uh what was I gonna? Oh, like Phantom Thread is like almost licorice pizza level, where it's like even the worst is still pretty s- sweet and nice. <laughs> where you're kind of like, why? I'd say Inherent Vice is do. more more lighthearted than Phantom Thread. I will always no, fight that is for true. Inherent yeah. Vice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I asked right. someone recently where they'd put it, and they said rock bottom, and I was like. God damn! You just threw a lance straight through my heart. I gotta rewatch. Man it. down, man down. Yeah. Hit. Rock bottom. Damn. Although that's um, probably where I'd put the mas- the master. All right. Uh, so I think I don't have any tattoo ideas for this movie, mostly because it's still very, very fresh, um, and I need to see it again before I can think of anything, but I'm open what to suggestion. Get, what if you get an ass tattoo that says soggy bottom? I mean, 
that was really fun. Like, so the working title for this movie was Soggy Bottom, and so then they like changed it to Licorice Licorice Pizza. So I was like very much like to you know throw it back to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I was very much like Leo pointing meme when they, they announced <laughs> that the name of their their waterbed company was going to be Soggy Bottom. I was like, oh shit, yeah. there it which is. Which Alana also has opinions of, which is a great joke too, where she's like, why do you think Soggy Bottom? Like who who likes that? It's not sexy at all. Um. Okay, so that's fun. Soggy Bottom, like one on each ass cheek. I mean, we you also like shared information a long ago about what an L, what licorice pizza stands for, which is LP licorice pizza. Yeah, and an LP is a black disc, uh, so it's a licorice pe- with ridges. So yeah, it's licorice pizza. So it's made from yeah. vinyl, which is made vinyl. from gasoline. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, licorice mm. pizza was the name of a record store in the uh, in the valley, apparently in the seventies. Yeah, um, which they don't go to in this movie, but existed around it. What if I get a licorice pizza? Like it's a, a friend. A, yeah. Oh, that sounds truly a, fucking a, terrible. A friend of mine at the movie theater got a uh, a Hawaiian pizza tattoo, and it's just like a slice of pepperoni pizza wearing a Hawaiian shirt and sunglasses, and it's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe I just heard... get like, like a pizza, like a like a cheese pizza with just like little pieces of uh like red and black licorice on it. <laughs> disgusting i tried black licorice once and i was like this is truly revolting it's foul um my mother loves mike and ike's and she also likes good and plenty's and good and plenty's are basically like mike and ike's mm. but they're black licorice on the inside and i remember once uh I thought that I was grabbing a handful of oh, uh, Mike and Ike's, and so I like They're grabbed different a handful. Colors. They are different colors, but I wasn't paying that close of attention, so I just like thought I just like grabbed them and, and like threw them into my mouth and started chewing them and immediately spit them out. <laughs> I was oh, like this yuck. is the worst thing I've ever tasted. <laughs> oh. Um. Okay. Would you guys hang out on this film set? Yeah. Oh my like, god. Absolutely. Yeah. There's maybe the most. This of is, a set I was going to say this was the easiest out. yes ever since we introduced this category. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, would you watch this on an airplane? Uh, yeah. I was Hell literally yeah. on an airplane earlier today, and I was angry that I had no way to watch this movie. One thousand percent would have watched this if it were available on some sort of streaming platform. <laughs> so. Yeah. It also doesn't have anything embarrassing that people would see over your shoulder if you're watching it, which is another aspect of this category. Yeah, yeah people, uh, we'll, we'll get back to that in a second. <laughs> people definitely gave me weird looks when I watched Life of Brian on an airplane, let me tell you. Yeah, uh, yeah, we'll get back to that in a bit. Um, and then the, the email that I sent you guys today, the, the subject of that email was... Um, Dazed upon a time in PTA's childhood. <laughs> I was also trying to figure a way to get American in there for American Graffiti, but I couldn't I figure out a way. Keep thinking you're to... talking about American Hustle, and every time I'm like, "Why?" I'm, I'm not talking about American Hustle. <laughs> I did not I don't like think that I, movie. I didn't hate that movie as much as some people did, but I also don't think I've thought about that movie. 
once since it came out yeah. in like 2013. <laughs> so. I think about it every year when the Oscars come out and people who deserve nominations don't get them because American Hustle was nominated for editing when it was the longest fucking movie on the planet of the earth and every single shot was of Amy Adams's face and I was like for the love of God give me something else to look at. That's how I think of American Hustle. All right, well there you go. No, wow. American Graffiti a, a very different and much better movie from... Was American Hustle also Bradley Cooper? Yeah. yeah. Look at that. It was like it Christian back. Bale like in a rotating coat hook. And it's like, does it have to be a close-up? Does it have, have to be a close-up? We could talk more on the American Hustle episode that we do for this podcast. Oh, yeah, my God, I'm really no. excited to schedule that for no. you, Tierney. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, um, I think this... that and a Danny DeVito marathon. Um, <laughs> so <clears throat> obviously the, the Academy Awards for 2021 have not happened yet. Um, so instead of talking about what it was nominated for, let's talk about what it should be nominated for. I mean, across the board. Friday, so we're not, we're not best even director. Playing. I was going to say, so best picture, best director, best screenplay are all locks, right? Yeah. Um, I would, I, I haven't thought enough about this and who else is cast. I think supporting Bradley Cooper, I would say if Cooper Hoffman were nominated for best actor, I wouldn't be mad, but I would be more mad if Alana were not nominated for best actress. Agreed. Yeah. Um, and I totally agree with you, Tierney. We got to get this nomination for Bradley Cooper for best supporting. Like, if there's one thing I care about in this year's Academy Awards, it's Bradley Cooper for Best Supporting Actor. Score. Uh, Johnny yeah, Greenwood. So is there enough? I don't know the rules, but I don't know if there's enough score in this movie for it to be eligible. Because most of the movie is soundtracked. Uh, is less soundtrack than Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. The soundtrack to this movie is like half as long. Because okay. I did a lot of it is Johnny Greenwood, but he's it's a different sound, obviously. Right. Yeah. Um. um but I do think you editing and cinematography would mm-hmm. I would both I would put both of those on there. Yep. Um. I feel like costume, costume. design. Yeah, yeah. Costume design, like costume design, are always like period pieces, and yeah. so like the seventies you know is definitely a period. So I'm gonna say hair and makeup. Because yeah. it doesn't be okay need to that. be a lot. I don't think it. It wasn't on the short list. Like so it, it doesn't. It, it probably won't be. Won't be. But yeah, but no, but I, I agree. You with don't You don't need to be Marie Antoinette to. Well, the Academy would beg to differ, but I agree with you. Yeah, <laughs> but the Academy also chose American Hustle for best editing, so you know, <laughs> grain of salt. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I have a feeling that this movie is going to do well, at least in terms of nominations at the Oscars. And Tierney, yeah. you, you called this forever ago. Is the one he finally wins? This is the one that he's going to finally win for. And I would be very, very okay with that. God, I'd be thrilled if he won. And I'm terrified he won't. I'm, I'm like preparing to riot. So we uh, might not get like, this is the one he wins an Oscar. So it I think, might. I, I think if he's going to win an Oscar for this movie, he's going to win for writing. I do not yeah. think. I think he. Do, I think he would deserve 
to win Best Director, but I don't think he's going to yeah. win. I don't think he is going to win Best Director for this movie. I... How the fuck does he not have an Oscar yet? I am so angry every time I remember that. Uh, I do, <laughs> in one of my, like, YouTube rabbit holes of <laughs> watching interviews of of uh, Paul Thomas Anderson, I came across <laughs> one of him saying, someone was like, a similar question where it's like, uh, does it bother you that you've never won an Academy Award? And he like laughed and then said something to the effect of like, they usually throw me a bone for writing. <laughs> <laughs> That's basically like, we'll never, we won't give it to him for directing, but we'll, we'll give him a writing nomination. <laughs> yeah. Which is wild considering he gets incredible performances in every movie. I think, yeah. Especially considering most of the people in this movie, not I guess that's not necessarily true, but most of the major players in this movie are inexperienced. Like, yeah, inexperienced. I think is the right because like Alana's been around, obviously, like mostly in music video format, but she's like been on camera before. She's worked with him before. Um, I imagine well, Cooper, same with Cooper Hoffman done some stuff. Like I think this is maybe his first movie, but I think he's probably been in things. This but, he said in an interview that Cooper Hoffman is because the fa- his family does movies and so he's yeah. been in he's like direct directed him basically and like yeah. family stuff but that's where I think that I could easily see him winning for director this time I, I could easily see this year he just cleans up he goes from zero to like God. five I mean I'd be thrilled we oh. would we would be blessed I was just thinking we more excited about Parasite winning Best Picture or Paul Thomas Anderson finally winning an Oscar, regardless of category. I mean, he won... Didn't he win for costume and stuff? So his movies have won. His movie, I think his movies have won. He won. has not won, yeah. Uh, I think neither would be as truly wonderful and magnificent a moment as watching the Oscar be ripped from the hands of La La Land <laughs> and placed into the hands of Moonlight. I'm afraid nothing, You're actually right. yeah, nothing that's is going to top that. Parasite fair. winning didn't top that. Paul Thomas Anderson won't top that. It was truly yeah. like just magnificent. You're right. That is the best moment. <laughs> oh, God. All right. Well, licorice pizza is great. That's Again, it. if you are somehow still listening to this episode and have not seen it, please go see it. It's really good. You will... I I think you would be hard-pressed to have more fun at a movie this year. And by this year, I mean in, yeah. like, 2021. I would hope that we get some fun stuff at the movies in 2022, but... God willing, yeah. Um, that's it. Um, that's it. That's it. So, uh, what have you guys been up to? It's been a couple of weeks since you recorded. I'll go quick. Uh, but I watched all of Station Eleven and thought it was pretty good. Have you watched the? Fin- I have um, not watched the finale yet, so no spoilers. But ha- did you watch the finale? I, I just did yesterday, okay. um, and it and it was worth it. Okay. Um, and keeping up with Euphoria. I also watching, haven't watched that. Yeah, watching Boba Fett, which is boring. Like I said the last time we recorded, um, watched. Oh, uh, watched The Last Duel and thought it was truly stupid. Oh. One of my least favorite movies of 2020. I think it's, like, nearly a comedy with how uh, ridiculous some of the acting and lines are. 
the writing feels like it's a satire on medieval stories. It like I figured out it feels like it's trying to be like the favorite, but it is not funny nor is it clever. And so it's just like people I don't like being awful and also having an American accent. Like everyone is just like French, but speaking like Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, and I was like, I'm not into this at all. Oh. I don't like this even a little. It's I love that movie. It's so good. <laughs> I hate it. I thought it was so tacky. <laughs> You're tacky, and I, I hate you. The yeah. I te- I texted you this when you were complaining to me about that movie. Uh, I thought that the titular duel, mm-hmm. like fucking ruled. I'd rather watch Gladiator. I felt Hell like yeah. this was like the like the closest thing to Gladiator I've seen since the first time I watched Gladiator. I should watch Gladiator. It, I, yes, <laughs> you should watch Gladiator. I lent I that movie to someone in high school, and she never gave it back. So I no. haven't watched it since high school. Yeah, I Put watched on it blast at some point in 2020, and it's still kicks ass. So that soundtrack though, so yeah. good. It's a good um, one to run to. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if I don't know if I watched anything else. I probably did, but I'm forgetting. Uh, that's all. <laughs> that's I'll, all. I'll run through some stuff quick. <clears throat> uh, so I finally saw Drive My Car, the three-hour Japanese movie. It's mm-hmm. really well made, but it's a very slow three-hour Japanese movie. So like, I think it's worth watching, but like definitely prepare for it if you're going to sit down and watch it um i also saw tragedy of macbeth finally which i thought was really good is that Um, based on the play yeah we're getting a lot of shakespeare shit actually because uh there's a lot of hamlet in station 11 a lot of hamlet what's station 11 11? it's a post-apocalyptic hbo Max HBO max series oh but it's not based on hamlet no, it's no, not, but it's it's about like a traveling theater troupe twenty years after. So a there pandemic. are references. So they are they at I think it's episode two, they put on a performance of Hamlet. So like you oh, okay. watch them perform scenes from Hamlet. And there's allusions to like The Tempest and King Lear and Macbeth and all these <laughs> other like Shakespearean plays mm-hmm. um, and also the other thing that I saw that relates to that is West Side Story which oh, is oh yeah you fucking loved it. it I love West Side Story I thought it was excellent have, just as good as the original in different ways have you seen it yet Tony? I know you're nah. like generally anti-Spielberg but I thought this might be <laughs> this might be one that it's, you could get in on <laughs> it's not like I'm boycotting him <laughs> no I haven't really been other than seeing Licorice Pizza I haven't really been to the movies yeah. Recently, Disney's, uh, Disney's got to put West Side Story up on some sort of streaming platform. Like it's in, it's truly insane that they didn't. They're like, all right, yeah. Kanto, you've been out for a month here. Anybody who has Disney Plus, watch it for free. <laughs> like, do the same thing for West Side Story. It's nuts. Anyway, yeah. but Tierney, you said you you're not going to theaters just for. No, I haven't. Just out of laziness and the fact that there isn't one near me. Um, yeah. Like there isn't like yeah. a. a I guess like a multiplex like there's music boxes i don't know maybe 20 minutes away and then there are a lot of like theaters that show two movies but my bff evanston movie theater is still not back yet it's gotta come back (laughs) i know 
Um, Tragedy of Macbeth is good. It's on Apple TV Plus. Uh, would recommend. I also saw the the King's Man, which was fine. Uh, <laughs> Red Rocket is really good. Um, I this is still about a dog boner. <laughs> it totally is. Um, no, it's it's about Simon Rex's boner. So you know if, if that's something that you're interested in, but. He did you see Scary Movie three? I think. Oh yeah, this guy. Yeah, Um, he plays a like a washed up porn star. (laughs) It's it's really good. I think I still like Tangerine better than Red Rocket, but I did like Red Rocket better than Florida Project. So Mm. I was excited about that. And Simon Rex is fantastic. Uh, he should be nominated for Best Actor and maybe win Best Actor. He's really good. Whoa. Um, and then I finally saw Scream 5. And uh, I don't want to say... Screams? Too... No, just... It's it's Scream. Just the... But if it's Scream 5, then it would be like an S. <laughs> no, it's 5 Cream. Like Dead Mouse? <laughs> it's, it's fine. Ew. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> yeah. 5 Cream. Five Naw uh. <laughs> <laughs> Dogs 5. <laughs> Uh, I, I tweeted this out, but I'm going to say it on the pod. Uh, you know, there are no bad Scream movies. They all are just so much fun. Uh, this new one is really fun. I had a great time. But the main thing I want to talk about that I've done recently is I watched the entire first season of Yellow Jackets. And Yellow Jackets kicks ass. <laughs> so, uh, it's on Showtime, so like I know the barrier for people to like the barrier for entry is going to be pretty high. But if you have access to Showtime, or if you're willing to give Showtime, you know your email address for a free two week trial or whatever. Uh, it's ten episodes. It's it's like a combination of Lost and Lord of the Flies, but it's uh, it's about girls who are stranded in the wilderness. But it's, it tells, like, split timelines. So it's, like, whatever happens to them in the wilderness in 1996, and then um, their characters, like, the same characters, but in 2021, and, like, them navigating their adult mm-hmm. lives while they've all, like, hidden this secret for 25 years about what the fuck happened to them. It kicks so much ass. It's so fun. Uh, and the thing that I wanted to mention that I... So I couldn't watch Licorice Pizza on an airplane, so I watched the final two episodes of Yellow Jackets on an airplane. (laughs) I don't want to spoil too much about the show because I do think people should watch it. Um, But episode nine involves all the characters doing shrooms. And then uh, there's uh, a sex scene that's like, not like super graphic, not like HBO graphic, but like definitely still a sex scene. But like Showtime Um, graphic. But Showtime graphic. And uh, I was like, well, this is on. This is something I'm watching on an airplane. So, <laughs> sorry, everyone around me, but also not that sorry because the show is awesome. Uh, so I yeah, once watched I, Bridesmaids on an airplane, forgetting oh, what the opening scene was. Yeah, I'm sure that was fun for your seatmates. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, if if you have Showtime or feel so inclined to do a free trial on Showtime, Yellow Yellow Jackets rules. Yellowstone? Were you gonna say Yellowstone? I yeah. Uh, Mainly, like no one under the age of sixty watches Yellowstone. It's <laughs> probably mm-hmm. accurate. Uh, Matt, I think I mentioned this to you, but Christina Ricci is in Yellow Jackets as like a mm-hmm. major character, and she is so goddamn good in that show. Every mm-hmm. single time she's on screen, I'm like, "Where have you been?" And and also, I'm so glad too. that we finally found something that you can just be awesome in. Um, so yeah, Yellow Jackets, check it out. 
probably probably don't check out Yellowstone. I can't definitively <laughs> comment on the quality of Yellowstone, but like probably don't bother. People say it's good. I watched the uh, first season and I thought it was fine because I I like Taylor Sheridan, the guy who created it and wrote most of the episodes of the first season. Because he did um, Hell or High Water and Sicario and yeah. Wind River. Wind River, but mm. yeah, um, Yellow, Yellowstone is meh. And then uh, I can go. I watched uh, Lord of the Rings, Two Towers, Lord of the Rings, Return of the King, uh, and all creatures great and small. I watched the entire second series. Uh, I read Anxious People by Frederick Bachman. It was fine. I don't understand what the rage is with him. He's fine. I read Such a Fun Age by Kylie Reed. That was excellent. I loved it. Uh, and Constant Gardener by John Le Carre. And then I'm currently reading oh. Women, Race, and Class by Angela Davis. I feel like I've done a lot of reading. It hasn't felt like that, but here we are. And then I watched Encanto. Yeah, you're only two, week- yeah, you're yeah. Only two weeks into the year, and you're already like reading like a fiend. Good well, job. two of those books uh, I had started at the end of 2021. The Such mm. a Fun Age. and. Um, what was the other one called? Oh, Anxious People. Yeah, it was, it was fine. And then I saw Encanto as well. Oh, well, uh, I guess I'm finished.